Hi everyone, this is Tim. Thanks for the download. This is our brand new podcast, The Football Show with Matt Emch and yours truly, Tim Continenza, here on RadioMVP.com. Each week, Matt and I will go through the football action starting on Friday night and going all the way through Sunday to the NFL. If you get your podcast through iTunes, please rate and review our podcast and subscribe there, and you'll get each and every episode from Radio MVP. So let's not delay it any longer. Here's the first episode of the football show with Matt Emps and yours truly, Tim Continenza, here on Radio MVP, starting right now. Hi everyone, I'm Tim along with Matt Ench as we're going to talk about football. Let's face it, the weekends were made for football and Matt and I are just going to go through some of the scores and some of the games and of that sport we're going to be talking about football. So football centric podcast here for you. It's our football wrap up show, our debut football wrap up show. Matt, how you doing tonight? Let me shut up for a while. I'm good, Tim. How are you? And I listen, I like to enjoy hearing you talk too, so <laughs> Uh, everybody uh, is is getting really into the swing of things. Football is becoming so much more important week in and week out. You know, not that it's not important in the op- in the opening week, especially in football, uh, college football, because as everybody knows, you lose a game in that in, in FBS, and you could be out of the playoff system at the end of the year. Um, high school uh, probably the most pure part of, of football in, in the land. Uh, it's really starting to come down to, to needing to win every game. Those points every team needs are getting even more important. Uh, NFL, I mean, it, it's, it's week three already. Um, yeah, we got a long time to go, I think, before we start to see people separate themselves from the, from the pack. But uh, it's still nice having them going, too. Oh, there's no question. This is like I said, this is a fun time of the year because the high school football just begun. Actually, you're halfway through the season. That's hard to believe, isn't it? We've done week yeah, five. Is. I know. I tell everybody the same thing every year. It's the fastest ten weeks of the season. It's that or the year uh, is the regular football season in high school football. Those ten weeks just fly by. And last Friday night, we had a pretty. I think it was an interesting game. Maybe not a barn buster, but a game that we've seen two schools really trying to find a way to win again and to, to move forward and, you know, try to get some momentum. And I thought Howland was able to do that last Friday night in the game that, you know, with uh, Hubbard, Hubbard winning that game by uh, a few points. And it was an important game, you know, 14 to six, but I thought their defense played well for the most part. You got to be happy about that. And, I think their offense is finding strides. I don't think they're quite there yet, but I think they're finding strides as they got their second win of the season over Hubbard last week. Yeah, and, I mean, you know, as you you led off to, you know, how important for for Howland, you know, being on a a losing streak like they were and and really being at that that crux point or crew point, you know, that they had to – win or you know you can really lose a football team those young men's minds you know so quickly after some losses and and it's hard for especially high school kids to bounce back from losing games Uh, they have such high hopes when the season starts out Uh, they started out strong against Lakeview week one and then just had you know a number of, of losses two of them pretty bad um, I know the one before Poland, uh, I forget the name of that school, Padua or something like that. Yeah. yeah. They, I, I spoke to actually our player of the game this past week, uh, Jack Lambert. I spoke to his dad and he had told me when I saw him that week after the Padua game, he said they turned the ball over a couple times. That's why they lost the game. Otherwise they were, they looked like they were going to win. Um, you know, Coach Menendez, we asked him how he was doing. I loved what he said, asked me in a a few hours, and he was so happy afterwards. And and obviously we bring him good luck, Tim, because both games we've gone and done, he's won. 
Uh, he's a good coach. He's got a good coaching staff. His defensive coordinator, Eric Angaro, did a great job calling defense that night, shutting down that that running attack of Hubbard's. Uh, them being at home is a, is a big deal, knocking them off there. That's a hard place to go in there and get a W. So uh, congratulations to Howland. That, that was a much-needed win. Oh, I agree. I mean, like you mentioned, the three-game losing streak was huge to overcome. Um, I think psychologically you hit it on the button there when you talked about, you know, it's easy to lose kids, you know, once you get in a losing streak, and you have to kind of turn that around as soon as you can to to give the vibes in the locker room and, and on the field and the practice during the week, you know, upbeat because, you know, I think most coaches are upbeat for the most part maybe put the loss behind them a little faster than the kids. But the same thing, you know, you gotta you gotta manage, you know, 15, 16, 17 year old kids. And that's not always easy when you got 50 young men who are learning to play this game at this level. And a lot of them, this will be their only opportunity ever to strap on, you know, the pads and play and learn this game, you know, from the uh, really from the ground up, how to block, how to tackle how to run a play, how to uh, defense a play, stuff like that. So it's lost on a lot of fans of schools. Just about, you know, you're talking about 14, 15, 16-year-old kids learning to play a game that is, as you know, maybe the most important team game there is. I mean, where every player has a responsibility and a need to uh, complete each week. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, not only – it was an important, but you also just touched on it really good. Young and especially Howland. You and I both know how young Howland really is. They only have what I believe six seniors on the team this year. I think so, yeah. Yeah. So for them, this was even more tantamount for them to win because you have those kids that are gonna be starting for the next, you know, two, three years. And for them to get in the right frame of mind and to start, you know, getting that winning attitude so that they can carry on the next season and the season after that is so important. You know, last year, Howland started out losing some games right off the bat. And then they went on a streak and just won, uh, rattled off a number of football games. So, uh, you know, this could be the same kind of season that they had last year and and for coach menendez and his squad i hope it is the case because they're a class act and and i really like those guys every one of them and uh they're teaching those those young men not only how to play good football but how to be good people i I, uh feel like the kids that we chose as our players of the game their personalities when we met them uh the character that they have um, they show intelligence. As we mentioned, our player of the game last week, Jack Lambert, is, a, is you know, he's a straight-A student. He's been looked at by uh, Ivy League schools like Harvard. So, you know, that says a lot. That's a lot to be proud of. And, uh, you know, it was also nice. Uh, we had a guest on at halftime in, in uh, Ohio High School uh, Hall of Fame coach Dick Angle. And he was my high school coach at Herseland when I played. And then he went on to become the greatest coach in the history of Howland, making them a winning tradition. So uh, it was really nice seeing him as well. And I think that he brought some luck coming up from Florida and standing on those sidelines. And, uh, you know, good luck to them. I hope they have a good rest of the year. Oh, there's no question. And, you know, speaking of Herseland, they, uh, they came up with a big win uh, Friday night as uh, they went on the road to Warren Hardy and came away with a four-point win, 28-24. Uh, an important win for them because they uh, they got off to a slow start this year. So the Irish uh, getting getting on the road and getting a big win against uh, the Raiders was, I think, huge for their moral and their opportunity this year to, uh, to, to plow forward. And uh, that it might be, like you mentioned, a jumping-off point for them. Yeah, and, you know – Coming from that school, I, I really understand how things are. You know, they are one of the the elite programs in the state of Ohio. Year in, year out, they are used to being in the playoffs, in the state championship hunt, and that other team across the river who is, uh, you know, I'll just say it for the sake of the show, 
with little <laughs> letters with little letters in front of their name cardinal mooney um they they really uh like you said they started out struggling um they have suffered some of the most devastating losses i can remember in memory um to uh Second, I think Akron Hoban won state two years in a row. Am I right? Uh, so they, they really handed it to them. Um, they they came close to beating Cleveland Benedictine week one, um, and they've had a couple other losses. So uh, you know that puts a lot of pressure on the coaching staff at a school like that. And again, they're very young this year. Uh, Coach Kemp told me in an interview when I was on the radio with Mark earlier in the year that you know he was proud of his young men. He, he has hopes for the season. He just said, you know, we are just really young. We have a lot of very young guys playing, and they need to get experience and grow up fast. And you just you know hit the nail on the head. You know, them getting a win against Harding at Mullenkoff Stadium. Uh, really could be, hopefully for them as well, a turning point in this season. Ursuline has one of the top three uh, hardest schedules in the state of Ohio. And them being an independent, you know, makes it that much more difficult. People think, well, Ursuline's not as big as school. Like when I went to school there, we were Division three. Well, now they're Division five. They don't play Division five schools. They're playing Division one through three on a regular basis. So, um, you know, they have the talent to do that. And, you know, they're just in one of those transition years. And hopefully that Harding win will help them move on. Yeah. And, you know, I know this uh, kind of gets to the rivalry you were just mentioning earlier. Mooney coming up with a big win at Borman, uh, 21-7, my school that I went to, Borman. And uh, they were winless coming into that game. They needed that. Their defense came up with a big play, an 18-yard fumble return for a touchdown. They had a 72-yard touchdown pass early in the game. And once they got that lead, they were able to really just control the ball game from that point on against Borbin. Borbin had some turnovers that really really hurt them. And from what my understanding was, the more I read about it, the more I talked to a few people over there, it's just it's a game where, you know, it's kind of cliche, but we talk about it. you got to take care of the ball. If you don't take care of the ball at home, uh, you put yourself in precarious situations where you may not win. Yeah, um, I, I was surprised. Uh, you know, my mother actually is a huge football fan. Um, football has been a monster part of our family's life. My dad played football at Ursuline. He was a tight end and a, and a good one at it. He actually caught a winning touchdown against Mooney his junior year. Um so my mom has been a huge football fan for years. She'll sit by herself and watch it. And we were talking today. We had dinner, and we talked about that game. And she said, you know, herself, how surprised she was that Boardman got beat by them. And, um, you know, I, I said I agree. Uh, I, I mentioned to her that you and I had talked about it, and we both thought uh, that Boardman would take care of Mooney. They've been struggling. But as we said in the car on our way after the game to dinner, you know, that has also been a very big rivalry over the years. And as anybody knows in the sport of football, when you have a strong rivalry, uh, you can a lot of times throw those records out the window and it's all who wants it more that night. So uh, Mooney also has been struggling this year and they, as well as Ursuline, are used to being in the state championship hunt every year and they needed that win bad. And they went out and they got it. So, you know, give them credit. You know, this was a weekend for redemptions amongst teams in the area. Howland, Ursuline, and Mooney, uh, I'm not sure about some other teams, but, um, you know, those three really stand out from the crowd to me uh, with teams that, you know, they had only won one up until Friday. So, um, yeah, Mooney got a big one. Yeah, the only other game was really in the Valley that – Kind of caught my eye. Of course, we didn't get to see it, but uh, our sister station, WBBW, covered it. It was the Canfield uh, Struthers game. And I think, uh, you know, Canfield coming away with a, a huge win. They won that, like, 34-12 to 12, uh, over uh, 
the Struthers. That was a, a huge win for them. Get them going in the right direction again. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how Struthers reacts to that loss because they've been playing great football uh, in the first four weeks of the season. Yeah, uh, I agree. I was really surprised at the beating that Canfield threw on them. Struthers had been up until that point undefeated. Um, and they, you know, have one of the biggest lines in the area who I've been told uh, has been very dominating. Uh, we're going to have the chance to see them, I believe, in week, I think it's week nine. Right. I guess, think we get to see Ryan Struthers, but mm -hmm. Canfield also undefeated uh, Friday night. There's been a lot of talk about how explosive their offense is. They have a good quarterback. Um, they, their defense was is supposed to be stout, and uh, that was really a, a, a big blow that Struthers took. And and I agree with you. I I am interested to see how they jump back from that. If they can, you know, come back and just throw it off and move on. Cause like, you know, we just said at the beginning of the show, you know, college and NFL guys have a much easier time bouncing back than, than these high school kids. They, they hold on to stuff. I'm I'm telling you from experience, I did not experience loss very often in my football career. And when I did, I did not handle it very well. Uh, I was, according to my family and my wife, a, a poor loser. And, uh, you know, when you're used to winning, it's hard to accept that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Poor loser is a tough, you know, that's a tough thing to tell somebody when they're competing. Yeah. Yeah. But to me, being, you know, year and that, and that, and unfortunately, we weren't very good that year. We only, I think, won one game. We tied a game and we lost the rest of them. Uh, but, you know, when you're competing, I don't think you're a sore loser, my opinion. You're just competing to win, and that's you take losses difficult. I think a sore loser to me is more the fan base that looks to blame uh, coaching staffs or referees or a player who dropped the ball or, or something like that on a loss versus uh, giving credit to the other team who may have just – quite honest with the app performing just enough to win a ball game. I think fans can be more poor losers than, than competitors because competitors, they, they're playing the game that they, they only have one goal in mind every time they take the field or take the court or or, or have a club in their hand. And that is to, uh, to win. I mean, that's why they compete. That's why they play. Yeah, I, I agree. You, you said it well. I, when I refer to my say and my the people that said this to me said it lovingly and and with a laugh oh, I, I understand uh, completely i mean they're and, around you and they probably see more moods you know right and i i just couldn't let it go and uh that's exactly how i would would characterize it i just didn't deal well with it i did not like to lose and you know some guys could handle it easier than i could i uh I took it hard, and it was tough for me to let go. But honestly, when when the new week of practice came on and we started watching films on the new team, uh, it made it a lot easier for us as the football team with the coaches and players to uh, let that last week go and, and move on to the you know problem at hand in the upcoming game. Well, let's, uh, let's move on. We've got a lot of football to get to. Uh, I love the high school level, and we'll talk more about that as the season progresses. And there's a lot to get to, especially uh, when we start looking at regions and the standings, how each team matches up and how important each game will get on. And the next five weeks, we'll have plenty of time to talk about that. But we move on looking at the collegiate level, Matt. A game last night I think everybody's still talking about, believe and personally May have been one of the best games we're going to see this year in Penn State in Iowa going down to the last play of the ball game where Penn State's uh, Masuli was able to find his receiver in the end zone uh, to win that game on a comeback faction 21-19. Yeah, and uh, what a, you know, a, a hard loss for Kirk Ferentz. He's, he's the legendary coach at Iowa, and he puts out good quality football year in and year out. And, um, Penn State definitely has, you know, they're they're ranked very highly. 
Uh, right now, today, the new rankings are out and they're number four in the country. So, you know, if they would have suffered that loss last night or, yeah, last night, that definitely would have, you know, put put a shot in there and a crimp in their season and they'd uh, be fighting an uphill battle. So, um, you know, that, that was one of those games that uh, will be played on sports or, or any sports network big 10 years from now it goes down as one of those most amazing finishes and and how exciting that that is for uh teams to be included in something like that uh ohio state's gonna definitely have their hands full with penn state this year uh, i agree and look what uh how quick iowa was able to get back in that ball game in the fourth quarter when you know they were trailing that game and all of a sudden, a 70-yard touchdown pass to uh, Stanley changed the entire outlook of that game, and then they were getting the two-pointer. And, you know, then here it was, you know, Penn State behind in the ball game, and all of a sudden they, they had to make that big comeback. And uh, you got to give up. I mean, I'll tell you what, I was impressed with Masuli. He, uh, under pressure, really uh, knew what he wanted to do on the field and was able to move the uh, Nittany Lions downfield and put them in position. I, as I was watching the game, I had a lot of people thinking that it was not going to happen. And I said, just just keep letting them play, you know. And I, I thought they really uh, put themselves in position to, to make that play at the end of the ball game. And you got to give a lot of credit to McSooley because I thought he may have just raised his uh, value, uh, not just in the future in the NFL, but – as a uh, player to watch maybe one of the top players at quarterback this year in uh, the collegiate level. Yeah. And, and, you know, if his season just keeps on getting better and better, who knows if he even maybe gets, you know, the beginnings of possibly a Heisman. So uh, it doesn't hurt having games like that, you know, uh, prime time, having everybody in the country watch, you know, the, the voters are human. And, you know, they get just as excited as fans, regular fans do when they watch these exciting games. And, you know, being human, you you react and you remember games like that. So that could really help help their their uh, chances of making the playoffs if they can have an excellent season and uh, try not to lose games and. Uh, that that was definitely one for the ages. Penn State is definitely for real, but I also think that Iowa has shown that they're a team to be reckoned with in the Big Ten too. Uh, they have a good defense; uh, they normally do. And uh, Kirk Ferentz is one of the best college coaches in history. He uh, just for some reason has trouble once in a while winning those really big ones. So I was just going to say he has to be one of the. Uh... If you want to use snake bitten type coaches lately, his team has competed very well in, in on national television over the especially in Big Ten games over the last maybe four or five years. But boy, they haven't come away with many big victories at that time. They have seen them lose more games in the last minute than I think uh, most teams or most schools will have. Uh, you know, over ten years, it's just it's a shame to see a uh, program. You know. They're a program that I look at this way, uh, Matt. Is uh, they build for like a one-two year run. You know, he understands that he's not going to compete with Ohio State's and Michigan's and and USC's and, uh, and those type of t- schools every year. But what he seems to do better than anyone is recruit and then bring that along. And then you know when they become juniors and seniors, uh, with a few of the new. Uh, sophomores or freshmen that he brings in gives them the opportunity really to make a big run when they have maybe a uh, more veteran, you know, offensive line or veteran quarterback to uh, lead their team. And it seems he always seems to make a run for, you know, for the big 10, every about three, four seasons, he has that cycle. It gives the, uh, the Hawkeyes the best opportunity to win. Oh yeah. You, you definitely just said what I was thinking. He does a great job at doing that. Um, yeah, it really is just the norm for him eh? that every three, four years he's got it. He's great at, at putting that good talent together. So, um, you know, and the same for them. I mean, you know, we'll see how they they respond to that that loss. It was a, a hard, you know, those kind of losses are devastating. Um, you know, when we lost the national championship in 92, 
at the end of the game with a kick after coming back was I'm glad we didn't have a game after that because that was hard. So, um, you know, kids get yeah. get kind of, you know, they, they burn out all their energy sometimes on big games like that. I don't know who they have next week, Iowa, but, um, you know, I'm interested to see how they respond. Um, but I'm going to tell you what, they, they did well and Penn State's for real. And, um, you know, I think the Big Ten's got some decent teams. You know, if there's teams that are showing some some – moving in their programs like uh, Purdue and Minnesota and, and they're doing better. And, uh, you know, I have to mention real quick, if you don't mind me switching to another team, I am uh, really happy to say that, you know, one of my two favorite teams, one is Ohio State, the other is Notre Dame. Notre Dame had a huge game yesterday against Michigan State and they went into Michigan State and they beat them up. So they looked good. They bounced back from that Georgia loss, which, you know, they got really punished uh, in the top 25 after losing it. But Georgia, um, you know, has shown that they are a quality football team. Um, They have moved up to, let's see. The 11? I think they were 11 to start. They're Saturday. Yeah, they yeah. moved to seven today. So, you know, Notre Dame lost by one point to to Georgia. So that loss does not look just, you know, so bad for Notre Dame. And they looked extremely strong yesterday. And uh, I think that uh, Brian Kelly is, is doing a good job. Yeah, I know. I agree. And it's it's good. I mean, I think college football is always better when certain power programs are in the mix of uh, fighting for either uh, conference championships or in the battle for a national title in conversation. And Notre Dame's one of those schools. You ha- I mean, to me, Notre Dame, Alabama, Ohio State, USC, um, just to name a few off the top of my head, those are schools, that you, you know, even Florida now and Florida State, or Miami back in the day, you need those schools viable and competing at the highest level because it makes it more interesting. Because let's face it, college football is a lot about rivalries and watching a team, you know, go down to defeat at the last moment is it's exciting to watch. You know, to root for and if it's an upset, you know, like many years ago, uh, where a small school wins, you know, against Michigan, or if it's a, uh, you know, just somebody uh, defeating the number one team in the country, uh, you know, that those matter. And it was kind of like Oklahoma beating Ohio State last week, you know, the previous week. It was a big deal, you know, for Oklahoma. And now they have that opportunity. And, you know, they won a shootout game uh, uh, tonight, or last night, I should say. So it was a big uh, win for them. And they continue to, to, you know, they didn't have a setback. And I think that's important for college football to have those schools really compete in the top 25 and, especially in a top 10 and really battle it out all year long for a uh, national title. Yeah. Oh, what a huge win for Oklahoma. They looked like they were going to uh, suffer a loss in the big 12 to, to Baylor. Uh, Baylor had not won a game this year and uh, their program's really suffering since they had that uh, problem that happened there a few years ago. And, and, Man, Oklahoma uh, really has some good talent. Uh, Baker Mayfield's an excellent quarterback. He's definitely uh, probably the front runner, I'd say, for the Heisman at the moment. Um, you know, that team might have a new head first year head coach right now, but let's be honest, that's Bob Stoops' players. He put that team together. That program is where it is because of him. So, um, you know, he goes to their games. He's on their sidelines for a lot of these games. You know, it really is like he's still there. Um, you see a lot of times teams that, you know, some would win national championships or Super Bowls uh, when they have a first-year head coach after they won one the year before or were really good. You know, a coach that had everything going well, he hands it off, and it basically stays the same it was when he was there the next year. Um, so, yeah, they they had a monster win, and uh, Oklahoma looks strong. Clemson just keeps pouring it on people. Uh, 
you know, Alabama, they played Vanderbilt. So, they, you know, I don't think they really played any tough, you know, schools no, yet. They didn't. <laughs> right. yeah, I mean, they obviously it's a conference game. But, I mean, it's kind of like Ohio State when they, you know, have a, a conference game against, you know, uh, the Scarlet Knights. You know, it's just you're not expecting, you know, a, a great game and stuff like that. But it happens. I mean, you're going to have some schools that are not as competitive in the league than others are. And uh, I don't want to take anything away from Vanderbilt overall, but traditionally they're not a powerhouse in the SEC. It's just that simple. And, uh, you know, they have a couple runs every year, but, you know, every few years, but not often. And uh, I'll tell you, talking about Stoops, let's talk about his brother at Kentucky. Wow, what a tough loss for them as he falls, uh, as Kentucky falls to uh, Florida 28-27 in a game where they really, I thought, outplayed him most of the game and uh, had an opportunity late in that ball game, just wasn't able to, you know, close the deal as they, as they outscored him 10, 10 to nothing in the third quarter. And then fall uh, by one point and giving up 14 points in the fourth quarter uh, in a, a nice comeback fashion for the Gators to get that win, that one-point win. But I think Stoops, uh, the, the younger brother, is showing his, uh, his ability at the Wildcats with that. They're 3-1 and one on the season. And I think, you know, uh, one of these top schools in the SEC is going to maybe – uh, accessible to an upset to this uh, upcoming uh, Wildcat team from uh, Kentucky. Yeah, I, I think uh, the Stoops lineage, obviously they've proven that they know football. Uh, he took over a struggling Kentucky program and has definitely been making it a, a better SEC contender. Um, he's getting much more talent now. He's bringing in better players. I'm excited to see um, – I forget the kid's name, the quarterback from Harding who, who went to Kentucky. I'd like to see if he pans out to become a, a starter there and how well he does. Um, yeah, I, I hope for Stoops uh, that he starts winning those big games. Florida has shown that they're a good football team this year. They've bounced back, it seems. They've been winning big ones, and, and they look strong again, uh, possibly one to, to maybe contend for the SEC championship this year. So, uh, you know, I just hope that for uh, Stoops that he starts winning these games that come down to, you know, one or two points instead of, oh, we were just so close, we were just so close. Because as you know, Tim, you know, when you have too many of those, even if you're doing a good job and you're making a program do better, they'll get rid of you and they'll bring someone else in. They think the grass is greener, and a lot of times that's a mistake. Yeah, you know, and I, I talk to a lot of people, and uh, one thing I always say, if you really want to grade a program or a professional team at any level, you don't count wins, you count losses. Because sooner or later, you're going to hit that level where someone is going to say it's not good enough. You know, Mark Rich uh, had that problem at Kentucky – or Georgia, I should say. You know, he was, you know, 9-2, and 10-1 and one at times, but 9-3. and three, And, you know, always a winning record, but you're going to cash in uh, if you don't actually win the, uh, you know, conference championships or, or pull off that big upset. And that's what happens in sports. You count losses. Loss, you can't make up losses. I keep trying to explain that to, to, to other people. Uh, wins, are, wins are what everyone competes for, but you count losses because losses matter because you can't make them up. Right, yeah, and, and that's the kind of society we're in right now. That's a shame you get uh, great coaches who do so well and they get you know crucified, so to speak, and, and people forget about uh, how much they've done for programs and universities and and, you know, guys, you know, they put players in colleges and, and uh, you know, saw them graduate or put them in the NFL. And all that is, is thrown out of the window. And, and uh, you know, look at what happened to Les Miles. I, I mean, he, he exactly. did such a good job. And they threw him a perfect out. example. Yeah. So they, they, they tossed him out. And, 
you know, he's a great coach. He's one of the best in history. I mean, look at how many games he won. He'd been in national championships, won one. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel bad for him. And, and LSU did not treat him well. And, you know, they're struggling right now. So, you know, they always seems the grass is greener on the other side. But, uh, you know, as they're finding out, as, uh, you know, I was going to say Nebraska, but I think that was both ends. You know, uh, yeah, the university and and, and sometimes it's a personality conflict, you know, and that happens. Yeah, and those two just had to part their ways, and and Nebraska's loss is why ISU's gain, and um, Coach Bo Pelini is is doing a good job at YSU, and um, so you know their loss will hopefully be you know a, a lot of wins rattled off and playoff runs and hopefully a national championship for the penguins but yeah it's sad to see us you know in that kind of you know mentality and atmosphere anymore and and what can you do for me and you know you don't even let coaches install their programs anymore you know it takes between three and five years to really get your program going the way you want it and to get the the players that work for your kind of quote unquote system. And, um, you know, that's nothing against the guys that are at the program when you take over, but, you know, let's be honest, coaches have a way that they run a football program. They have players that they want to put in certain ways on the team. And, and, you know, like there's different kind of linemen that, that are down in the sec versus in the big 10. And, um, you know, it just works that way, and, and it's sad to see coaches that are, are good quality coaches get get kicked out on their on their rear ends like that. Real quick here, I just want to uh, throw out a, uh, a congrats and a uh, salute to our friend Mark Means, who was on the mic for a huge win on Saturday as Grove City came away with their first win in 34 games and breaks a 33-game losing streak as they won 24 uh 24-14 to uh St. Vincent in uh in Division 3 action but huge huge win for that program there's nothing worse than watching a, a school continue to lose and not have much uh hope each Saturday and for them to get that win was uh a great monkey off the back as the old saying goes but it that's important for any program to uh kind of put the past in the past and have a future to look forward to Oh, yeah. I got a text from him late last night after 11 o'clock telling me that they won their first game. And, you know, we had talked so many times, him and I, on the radio uh, coming up to this season about how they've struggled and and how tough, you know, yeah, off the radio, too, how tough it had been for Mark the last, you know, few seasons. And it's just, you know, so difficult for, you know, the players and coaches most of all. But um yeah I mean giant win I we were talking I remember saying to him you know that we were told they had over a hundred people go out a hundred guys go out for that team this year and I looked at him I said Mark I'm going to tell you right now they're going to win a couple games at least this year because when you have that many kids on your football team there's bound to be some guys that can play and get you some wins so yeah huge awesome win for them congratulations and uh that that had to be great i asked him if they went nuts he said they went crazy and i would have loved to have seen it but yeah congratulations it's uh, no doubt about it hey all right we're going to quickly move to the nfl action uh this sunday afternoon is uh, started over in london actually at nine o'clock in the morning i didn't see that one but i did uh catch the afternoon games and uh, both our teams that we root for uh, fell on the on the L column this week, but uh, I tell you what, I got to watch the Browns game uh, quickly, and uh, the Colts outplayed them, and we've seen again what you seen uh, when the Browns played the Steelers. There's a young quarterback who's going to make mistakes. He doesn't throw strikes enough, you know. He throws behind receivers at times and and uh, misses a receiver, and it's going to get picked off. And the defense, unfortunately, couldn't stop the Colts for four straight drives in the second quarter. And the next thing you know, it was 28-7 in that ballgame. And 
that was really the the crux of the story, in my opinion. And then uh, the second half, I thought the Browns played well. Again, turnovers hurt them. Uh, got inside the red zone and just quite honestly, a lousy pass. He threw it behind his receiver by about four yards, and it was an easy pickoff, and it ended a drive. And uh, unfortunately, the growing pains of a young quarterback in the NFL is difficult. And I, you know, what hurts me the most for the Browns is, unlike other school, other teams are in the NFL. The Browns don't have a quarterback has ever won an NFL game yet. All three of them on their on their roster have never been a starting quarterback that won a game. And that's a tough thing to overcome when you don't have someone to kind of teach you how to win. And I think that's going to be a difficult thing for them to uh, to deal with the rest of the year. As much as they may have a leadership from Hugh Jackson as a head coach and leadership maybe from the offensive, defensive coaches, staff, and stuff like that, uh, the players on the play- on the field got to find a way to uh, to experience victory. And I'm not sure it's going to come anytime soon for the Browns. Yeah, you know what? I I was also watching the game. You know, I'm as you know a Steelers fan, and uh, the game was not on. They they put um, the Browns game on, and just real quick, you know, we're split down the middle here on Youngstown. We're we're an hour from either Pittsburgh or Cleveland. I think when you have those two teams playing, you should have their game on each channel. So they played the Bears. They they could have put it on Fox in our area. But anyway, I was watching that Browns game, and, and when I turned it on, they were losing uh, by a decent amount, and I watched them come back, and I, I thought they might do it. Uh, it came down to that that uh, onside kick, and you and I talked about it before. Onside kicks and two-point conversions um, are, are just so low percentage to get, and um, unfortunately – you know, they didn't have guys. I was surprised. Normally what you do is you send guys, even the kicker, to, you know, make a hit on somebody to block a player so that somebody else gets a shot at getting that ball. And nobody did. And I was kind of surprised about that. And uh, they were so close. They came back. But, um, you know, as they had, you know, a lot of people had said about the Pittsburgh game, you know, yeah, they, they lost, but it, it was a big win. You know, it helped. It's it's just a mindset that has to change in Cleveland. They've got to start winning some games so that they can start feeling positive that things are going to change and they're, they're not going to be the, the same old, you know, kind of Browns. I do think they're going to start winning games. I think the right coaching staff's there. I think one of the most important pieces in Cleveland is that they have a good defensive coordinator. Defense wins championships. The old adage is true. It really is. Every time you see a championship, nine times out of ten, teams that have a good defense, is, uh, they they will win the championship. So, um, you know, Kaiser is young. He's a rookie. He definitely showed it today. He threw, I think, three picks, if I'm not correct. Yeah, he did. so a uh, couple, two of them were pretty bad ones. Um, the uh, the one I saw, you know, it it bounced off his receiver, and and uh, on the reflection, he got the interception. That's not his fault uh, when it does that, but um, you know, it just hasn't rolled their way yet. But I I think they are headed in the right direction. Mm-hmm. They've got a good old line. Um, they've got a quarterback who, once he gets his first win, will start to do better. Uh, so we'll see. Yeah, let's turn the page. I know we didn't get to see the game locally, but we got to see the ending of the game with the, the Steelers and the Bears. And it was in Chicago. One of the things I, you know, not alarm bells, but something you got to be concerned about for the Steelers, you know, as, a, as an organization is – you know, other than playing in Cleveland, anytime they're on the road, it's it's not a high percentage chance of winning. They seem to find a way to lose those games. And Ben Roethlisberger becomes a a below average quarterback on the road at home. I take him every day of the week, and you know, and, and twice on on Mondays if I could, because he's just phenomenal. You know, at Heinz Field, but when he's on the road, you just see a different team. You just don't see the same level of play that you see the Steelers normally have. 
when they were at Heinz Field. I mean, I you expect some drop off on the road, but when I see the Steelers play on the road, other than Cleveland, this is a, this is a team that struggles on the road, and I think that's exactly what happened today in in Chicago because they they're okay, but you know, I would never ever expected them to to win that game. Yeah, I you know that game popped on the screen, and the only play I got to see from that game was the Bears scoring a touchdown in overtime. Yeah, so, Jordan, uh, that was that was that was deflating for for me. Uh, you know, they were losing the whole game, and they came back and tied it. So that's better. But I agree with you. Um, there's something missing right now. The offense just isn't clicking. I think a lot of that is due to Le'Veon Bell not being in camp. And, and you know, he's such a monster part of that offense. Uh, he's the best running back in the NFL. He's, he's the highest paid one. Um, you know, that was why he wasn't in there. He, he missed camp not because he wasn't going to be the highest paid running back, but because he thought he should be paid more, even though he was going to be the highest paid regardless. So that that right there causes issues, in my opinion. He's being selfish. Um, he's showing rust. Uh, he only had uh, 61 yards today. He had a touchdown, but, um, you know, definitely not the kind of, of rushing uh, game that he normally has. And, and Ben is really off right now. It just seems like he just cannot get on the same page with his, with his receivers on a regular basis. And if you can't win on the road in the NFL, you are going to have a major problem getting into the playoffs and through them. And then if by some chance they make it to the Super Bowl, uh, it's in Minneapolis this year. So that means he's basically on the road, even if they're the home team. So uh, that doesn't bode well either. They need to get their act together. Did you see the special team play that the the Bears fumbled away at the goal line? No, I did not. Well, it was a kickoff, and the, uh, the basically uh, what happened was uh, they uh, they returned the kick, and he he broke containment, and he was down the line. Basically, did a Leon Lett. He started slowing down, going into the end zone to celebrate, and a Steeler came from behind and stripped him of the ball. And then the punter just knocked the ball out of the out of the, and but that cost the the uh, the Bears a touchdown. They had a touchdown right there. They started celebrating. He was at the three yard line. You know, how he scored and he never did. He slowed down. He completely stopped running inside the ten, and a player from behind came and got him. You see that every year somewhere along the line, and uh, it was probably a type of play. Heck, it's going to get you uh, either fined heavily or lose your job in the NFL because that, that happens so often where a player uh, just doesn't finish the game. They know the, the old saying, you got to run to the goal line, you know, and they never do. Play to the whistle, baby. You you go full go until the whistle's blown, and that is that is uh, a shame And for the Bears. Um you know, the, we wouldn't have gone to overtime if not for that. But you know what? I That's how the game goes. If you don't play, nobody would ever want to be him and, and uh, have that situation happen. So um, that's just a, a stupid, idiotic uh, kind of, of trying, so to speak. Uh, it's just lazy. And he just was trying to, to make a scene and to, you know, he was more excited about being on TV and showing who he is than scoring points for his football team. And a lot of times we see that today in the NFL. Here's some scores just quickly for the NFL. Uh, uh, the Rams won uh, 41-39 over 49ers. Jaguars, win, a big winner, 44-7. to The Bills oh, coming yeah. away from the Broncos. 26-16. And of course we talked about the Steelers and the Bears. The Falcons at 26 or 30 to 26 winners over the Lions. The Colts down the Browns 31-28 as we talked about earlier. The Vikings 34, the Buccaneers 17. And here's the game that I really wanted to just get your quick thoughts about. Just watched the score all day. 
and I was shocked by it. But the Patriots ended up winning. They came back from behind to win this game, uh, 36-33 over the Texans. And Watson, the young quarterback, just really did a great job against this Bill Belichick's defense. Shocking to me to see someone uh, that you know inexperienced in the NFL have such a, a big day against that defense. Yeah, you know what? I had a feeling that he was going to immediately be good for them. Um, he is very intelligent in the game of football. He is uh, an amazing athlete. I think he proved that in the national championship game. Uh, two years in a row he was in it, one last year. Um, the fact that he can, his rookie year, come right in and start playing so well and, and doing it against the returning Super Bowl champs and the Patriots is, is a big deal. Uh, the Texans have a good football team. They have a good defense. Um, they have some weapons on offense. But, man, uh, he could be that missing link for the Texans, and this could be a, a, a change in their season and put them on the uh, – path to the playoffs so yeah I I was impressed with their play uh, at the end of the game him and Tom Brady were talking Tom Brady was giving him some praise and um, you know switching to a, the other game you just mentioned I have been shocked by the Jaguars this year they're winning some big games by big differentials and for them to beat the Ravens 44 to 7 was just yeah. shocking to me. So uh, the Jaguars seem like they've got a good football team this year. Yeah, you never know. I mean, it's, it's one of those things. Everyone would, you know, talk about Blake Bortles not being good enough. But like you mentioned, they're, they're finding ways to win ball games in London. And they really took advantage. I mean, they play over there every year, one game every season. Uh, Jacksonville does. And kind of, you know, it is one of their home games. And they made a, you know, a deal with the NFL. I think they played seven straight season, game, seasons, one game over there. So uh, and they're used to traveling, you know, that far to play a ball game. And they've, they've seen traditionally to play well in London, as, as crazy as it sounds. So. Uh, maybe that had something to do with uh, Baltimore, and of course, coming off the big win the week before against the Browns. But uh, you got to give credit where credit's due. Jacksonville just uh, took it to them and never let up in you know in that ball game. Yeah, they did. Uh, they are coming through, and I'm interested to see how they do the rest of this year. Um, I, they could have a, another year like they did their first season. I'll never forget them and. Carolina, their first years in the NFL, they went to the playoffs. So they were yeah. really good. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. Um, and like you had mentioned, too, the Bills beating the Broncos. You know, Broncos humiliated the Cowboys last week. And for uh, Buffalo to beat them, you know, by 10 was a, a big win for them as well. So, um, you know, props maybe, to them. Maybe the biggest shocker for me this weekend was the Jets uh, taking down Miami 20-6. to I mean, going into that game, I'll be honest, I think I, I'm no different than anybody else. I think the Jets coming in were maybe the one team to give Cleveland a battle to be the worst team in the NFL this year, and uh, they were anything but tonight. Give credit to the Jets. They came out to play, you know, and uh, McCown had a good game. And, uh, you know, Cutter did not for – for the Dolphins, and in the end, it was a, a big win for for the Jets, you know, a divisional win and a win that they're going to be able to, you know, to build on this year. And it shocks me to say that because that's the one team I really thought was going to struggle this year was the New York Jets. Yeah. Um, you know, the year's not over, though, Tim. We'll see. No, it's I, not. I, we'll I, see. Yeah. It's one game. I agree. I, I agree. Think, uh, they got a lot to prove. Um, I think the worst team in the NFL is is the 49ers, to be honest with you. Um, they've got a lot of work to do. Um, you know, they they whatever problem was going on when Harbaugh was there, uh, I think we all saw that there was going to be an issue when he left. He was uh, doing a great job there. Obviously, he's not an easy person to get along with, um, but – he knows his stuff, and he won. You know, a winner's a winner. You know, in my opinion, he's proven 
at the collegiate level when he's at Sanford and when he was at San Diego State and at in in at San Francisco with the 49ers that he just wins and I think you know it's just a matter of time uh, as much as it pains me as an Ohio State fan to say that you know Michigan will be winning again and, and I expect them to be because uh you know the Harbaugh's both of them are, are are damn good coaches and they know how to run a program and they know how to win and you don't win Super Bowls you don't win it's just you don't play for national titles unless you do something right and these guys have learned it. You know, they're kind of like the stoops. You expect good things. That's what I'm saying about, you know, Kentucky earlier. I really think they're going to be the one team to watch this year to pull up a major upset in the SEC when someone's not looking. They're, they're going to they're gonna knock off a uh, one of the top teams uh, when they play them this year. I think it's really a very much could happen, and uh, I'm kind of thinking it will happen. And then you look at some of the other games real quickly because we're just about running out of time here, Matt. The Eagles get the victory over the Giants. The Saints get up back on the board, winning against the Panthers. Titans take down Seahawks. And the Packers in overtime beat the Bengals in a, a very exciting game. And then the Chiefs uh, defeated the Chargers. And they talk about the Chargers real quickly. That's a team performance out of. And, and Rivers uh, threw three, three interceptions in the first quarter. I mean, it was just an ugly performance. I mean, this is the quarterback's league, and you just can't do that and expect to win, and they never they never recovered. Yeah, um, I, I think we're starting to see the end of his career. Um, you know, he's, he's struggling really hard. Uh, he just also is one of those guys that just can't seem to, to get, you know, past those certain points. But I'm going to tell you what, the Chiefs, are an, an amazing football team. We saw what they did against the Patriots in week one. Uh, I think they're for real. They yeah. were they were a good football team last year. And yeah. They're going to be one to really reckon with this year. I think they're put together well. No doubt about it. Hey, Matt, let's uh, wrap it up. Give your, one, give your final thoughts on the uh, weekend. What kind of impressed you? Who? Um, you're looking forward to seeing, and uh, what's what, what's your thoughts on uh, this entire uh, week five of the high school football season as we went into the collegiate level and week three of the NFL? Uh, I thought uh, high school was exciting. I'm looking forward to this week. Um, you know, like I said earlier, the, the computer points are becoming so important right now. Uh, every win is going to be huge for each team. Um, so you'll see, I think, bigger play from from teams. Uh, the college level, uh, it's a big week for YSU. They have, I believe, South Dakota State, who is one of the best, best teams in the country. Um, so, you know, I hope that they can pull off a win. That will be definitely a huge one for them heading back to the national championship if they can pull that one off. Uh, Ohio State, I forget who they play this week. Um, uh, top of my head, I don't remember neither, but we'll uh, we'll have that updated later in the week. How's that? Yeah, it's good. Um, you know, at the top twenty-five, you know as well as I do, that changes weekly. Um, but it's so important to stay at the at the top of the pack because you know you lose a game, you're out of there, and somebody else moves in, and if they don't lose, they're going to stay in. Um, Clemson and Alabama look like. They're playing great football. Penn State's playing really good football. Uh, USC looks like they're playing really good football. Took down Cal. Rutgers, by the way. Okay. It's Ohio so, State Rutgers game. I would, hope, I would hope they they win that game. Yeah, um, I'll be honest. They have good games coming up. I mean, the next three games for Ohio State, real quickly, uh, before they take on Penn State on the. Uh, on October 28th, they got Rutgers this week, and then they followed up with Maryland and Nebraska, and then they had the big game against uh, Penn State. So that will be interesting to see. Hey, I know we're running up against time here, Matt. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to this Friday night, and we'll have our game of the week on Z104, and uh, we will uh, look forward to next uh, Sunday night as we talk more high school, college, and pro football right here on Radio MVP. Hey, thanks for doing this with me, Matt. Had fun. Look forward to next week.
All right. We'll talk to you later. Thanks again for the download. Just to remind you, if you do get this download through iTunes, or if you do not, please go to iTunes, rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast because the more ratings and reviews we get, more people can find us as we continue to grow. RadioMVP.com. For Matt Amch, I'm Tim Crotonenza. Have a great night, everyone. Peace.